I forget that, that people are going, oh man, like I'm sitting down with the pastor right now. I totally space that because I'm not thinking that way. You know, so uh, when I've had people say, oh man, you were, what you said just was like, you read my mail. And I'm like, I thought we were just hanging out. Like I, I'm not thinking that way. And sometimes the Lord is using me when I don't know. This is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church in Franklin, Indiana, where we explore how the local church fits in with the global church and how the kingdom is at work on a local level. Current Church meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear in Franklin and exists to encounter God, equip the church, and engage the world. We believe that whatever God is going to accomplish in this world, He is going to do through the church Big C. These are our stories and the testimony of the power of God in everyday lives. Find out more at currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Now here's your host, Jeremy. Well, if you enjoyed part one of Dinner with the Front Man, then you'll love part two. If you thought part one was 47 minutes of your life you'll never get back, perhaps you'll find something of more substance in this one. It runs long. Let's get right to it. Dinner with the Front Man part two. Let's go back inside the dining room. Thanks for listening. to stall on that cheesecake for the coffee to be ready. Yeah, the bean is now rolling. I will. I'll set up, lay off those last couple bites. I got something really delicious to turn into. Coffees, please. <laughs> Negro, as they say in <laughs> Espan, Mexico. I was going to ask you all about that, but I don't know if we have time. I was thinking that I don't know what I would say that I haven't already said about Mexico. Mission trip to Mexico. Yeah, I mean, it was great. It was fun. We rocked out for Jesus until the prayers were won. All right, let's play a little word association. Oh boy, it's real hard to not tear in these last two bites. I know. Of that's what I'm going to distract hard. you with I'm word gonna association. Push, I'm push this back. I say a word, you tell me what comes to mind. Okay. Is this a speed? Is this the speed round, no, or is this just a no speed round? Okay. Just instincts. Vaping. Um. Uh, love the smell. Oh, is that, I say one word. Is that all I can say? I, just first reaction. Uh, love the smell. Warner Swopes. Uh, his pants are too tight. <laughs> Actually, Doesn't most everything he wears from, is too tight. <laughs> Doesn't preclude him from eldership, I take it? Nope, not at all. Nothing vulgar about the tightness. They're just tight. Memes. Memes. They're not funny. That's what I only think about memes is they're not funny. How about Gene memes? I don't know. I don't have any memes. We I don't... made some memes for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're not funny, are they? <laughs> no, 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 no. They're poignant. Oh, I don't poignant mind. Memes. I don't mind a poignant meme, but I don't consider that memes. I think when someone says memes, they're thinking about something funny is about to happen, and I just think that's dumb most of the time. But it's because I'm fifty. I'm going to use that as my excuse. I'm fifty. Memes are dumb. You know, I'll be turning thirty here pretty soon. Thirty. Um... <laughs> my eye. I remember when you were 30. I remember when I was 30. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about good times. 3-0. I told you on Sunday, 
50 goals right here. Well, 10 years ago, that was 40 goals. Yeah, well. But I'm still, I haven't caught up to the 40 goals. And now. Well, look what all you have to look forward to. Yeah. You've changed the game. No, I don't. You've changed the 50 game. I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think so. I'm going back to Cali. What's the time limit of you can of you can play of a song before you have to start uh, paying for it? On the air or on the podcast? On the air, thirty seconds. What about on a podcast? Is it different? Ah, <laughs> uh, nobody knows. It's not a defined thing. The more I listen to more podcasts, the more I think that nobody's regulating that stuff. Yeah, how could you? It's but super I, difficult. I still am very proud that we have done all of our podcasts with no illegal music. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Except for the time we played the Bitsy song. Oh, okay. But you didn't play the whole song, though, did you? Uh, No, but I played definitely more than 30 seconds, but I had uh, verbal Verbal, permission from the ex-drummer. Yeah, that seems close enough. I'm sure he's got some (laughs) kind of rights to it. Yeah. Um, The Gene Autry song that your dad did a cappella, I don't know about that one. You know, that might be a sticking point. I seriously doubt it, right? It's like a hymn. We could just play hymns. They're always public domain. True. Unless uh, Bill, Bill... Bill, Bill, the Southern Gospel guy, Gaither, unless Bill Gaither wrote it, because he wrote things that sound like they're 200 years old, but they're only like 60, 50 years old, 40 years old. Yeah, because he's not quite yet 200. Not quite. Right. Hair. Hair. 80s is best. What was your favorite Gene Fiesel hair of all time? (laughs) Whatever I was doing in the moment, I probably thought was it, until you look back. And then you're like, oh, that, you know. But are there some that you look back and be like, that, I'd like to maybe get back there someday? No. Or no. Because so, every I tried to be somewhat, well, in the rock days, I just wanted to be crazy. But I tried to be somewhat stylish. And stylish is, you know, you can't go back to what was unless it comes back around again. And while I am 50, the hair game has not come back around yet. I've yet to see the 70s hair. Well, it kind of did. The Bieber swoop had a nod to the 70s, you know, with that long, shaggy business. But I never really did that. Um, I mean, you know, party in the front, business in the back. is, Or party in the back, business in the front. What did they say that? For the mullet. Yeah. The phantom mullet. Business up front, party in the back. Yeah, I don't know. Hair's important, but it's a struggle. Struggle's real. So the worst part about having a motorcycle is that it messes up my hair. And I hate that. What's your average time spent uh, under five minutes. That's pretty good. Yeah, I do all right. I got it down to a science one. It's, uh, yeah, I, I, I've got it down to a, I know what I'm doing. I'm kind of trying to let it get a little bit longer right now, which could be a problem because as as the length of things changes, you sometimes have to work and go a different direction. And then there's some experimentation that has to take place and, you know, blah this and blah that, as a friend used to say. Yeah, hair. Seeker sensitive. There are no seekers. Who is he who seeks? Jesus. He came to seek and to save that which was lost, not the other way around. How would you reconcile that with the notion of humanity was built with the natural inclination to know and love its creator? That's a good question. Or is it all God is constantly pursuing... Well, I know that I believe that God is all. It's hard. I'm not. uh, I'm fully uh, Calvinistic and Arminian in one. I'm a giant rolled up ball of, you know, I don't jump into either camp full throttle. Um, I think at some point we come into a. I'm going to say something I regret probably. 
I won't like I won't say it right, or I'll be like, eh, I didn't really mean that, because that's a that's a pretty heavy question to get into. Sure. Um, not that it's wrong, and I'm not scared to answer it, but I I don't think that people seek the Lord. I think that people are seeking something, a lot of times, but they don't know what, and which is why we fill those voids with dope, sex, and rock and roll, or money, or usually self. I mean, I think we're always that we recognize that there's something missing, and we build for ourselves gods, but that doesn't bring us into a relationship with Jesus. That only, that only happens when he, you know, but he, because he is for always, is always seeking us and his hand is always outstretched to lost people. He can be found. I, I, I guess, you know, the Holy Spirit does his work and, and there's a melding of those two things together to some degree. You know, we come into agreement with what he's done for us and receive the gift of salvation. So I don't think that, I do think that it's funny, people are seeking something, but does anybody ever really seek Jesus or do they just kind of happen onto him? You know, and in that happening onto him, wasn't that really him drawing in the first place? You know, if we're, yeah. se- are we seeking or is he drawing yeah. us? He's seeking us and we're, he's drawing, uh, he said, if you'd be lifted up, you would draw him into himself. And what, you know, what this, what was meant by that, as I, understand it is that the crucifixion his death and resurrection uh then made way that people could be drawn to him by the holy spirit and that's why he draws all people to himself but some people don't receive him so that's that's different i think from seeking after him yeah um and i'm not against um putting together a you know having a seeker-ish service. I understand what people are saying there. They want to make a, a place where those that maybe are on the verge that the Holy Spirit is drawing, and it's their their time that there's a it's a a, um, a setting where it's conducive for them to be introduced to the Lord in a, in a with a better understanding. But I think that by default, it makes if that's your end game all the time, it, it makes for a can make for a bit of a shallower um, gathering. But doesn't that have, ideally, doesn't that have more to do with excellence than it does a softening or a, a rounding of edges of the message or presentation? To me, because I've even heard you say, if you're going to put on a show, put yeah, on yeah. a show for God, I mean, yeah. we have a hazer at current. Right. So to me, it's way more about pursuing excellence because if God is going to move in your gathering, mm-hmm. then he's going to do what he's going to do. Right. So we definitely have been known to put on to put on a show yeah at current right yeah i think that putting on a show versus you know that doesn't mean seeker sensitive or seeker friendly um and i say that because i don't see a lot of seekers unbelievers that are interested in being part of what 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 was happening at current because i don't think it's really seeker friendly i think that it and I don't think it has a lot of excellence to it, and that's because a lot of it is from the is shot from the hip. And a part mm. of me, part of me wants to be okay with that because I feel like I'm just trying to think what part of the gathered church in the Bible do they think? Well, when we get together, we need to really do this with excellence. I mean, if that means whoever's bringing the food makes the best food they can make, and 
whoever leads the songs does the best they can do and whoever preaches does the best they can do, then that's fine. But that's not the same. And doing it with excellence, that's not the same as everything we do is designed around seekers, which means priority on visitors, making people feel super welcome, have a place in the parking lot for them, make sure that they, you know, just everything revolves, making sure that when they, new people arrive, that they understand we have things for your kids, your kids will be safe, here's a place for your kids to be safe and learn about Jesus while you're learning about Jesus in the next room. And um, just, you know, to me that's, and there's nothing wrong with those things in and of themselves. I mean, I think we should want people that, come to see what's happening i think you want them to feel like yeah this is done really well and my i feel that my kids can be safe here there's nothing wrong with that but ultimately what happens is then with worship this is my opinion and i i don't think there's as many seeker sensitive churches out there maybe as some people think i think that was kind of a thing i don't know that that's i don't confuse excellence with seeker sensitive because i think that but what can happen with seeker sensitive as well those new believers, or those, not new believers, people that are seeking, you know, they can only do 15 minutes of worship, so that's all we're going to do. Yeah. Well, newsflash, seekers that don't know Jesus, they don't worship at all. Yeah. All they worship is themselves, their money, their children, their job. They don't worship in God, so it doesn't matter how long you go. They're never going to worship. And don't be confused by the fact that they read the wor- lyrics off the screen or sang along as worship. You can't, you know... Dead things can't worship a living God until they've been redeemed. So if that's your if that's your context, same thing with preaching. Then with the preaching, you can preach a sermon, but ultimately your end game is to come back to salvation every time. You know, what's God going to do in this gathering? He wants people to be saved. That's was kind of the the mantra of a seeker sensitive church, where everything came back to that. And that, I think I personally think that's a big reason why churches move to. Bigger churches, especially that were seeker sensitive, moved to small groups uh, and things like that, is because they recognized there was no depth happening in their weekend gatherings, and people didn't. There was, you're not going to move into maturity, singing three songs, you know, and hearing another sermon about how you need Jesus, or you know, five easy steps to fix your marriage, with a conclusion of give your life to Jesus. I mean, granted, giving your life to Jesus is a great place to start to fix your marriage, but um, ultimately both people have to be all, you know, there's so much more to that with whatever it is. It's a great starting point. And I think we can teach some things like that, but I don't see that's, you guys know me. Yeah. That's not the way I, I, I approach church ministry, pulpit ministry and, um, the things of that nature. So that's why I look at this past Sunday, which would have been February 10th, 9th, 10th day after my 10th birthday. Um, <clears throat> Is like the like for instance, if somebody would have come to that and their heart was ready, yeah, for God to move or whatever. To me, that service was so anti-formulaic. We started late. We ate cake. We sang a song, and then preaching, right? Then more songs, mm-hmm. then arguing about whether people were going to the nursery or not, mm-hmm. and then things you cannot do in a big church. Some some preaching and some give and take with the congregation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just top down, front mm-hmm. front back, and then an hour, yes, an hour you. of family ministry with everybody participating. Mm-hmm. Man, if that's not <laughs> if that's not a picture of what the family, the body of Christ, 
whether it, when you talk about excellence versus seeker sensitive or whatever, yeah, we're we're very rarely a, a well-oiled machine, right? And it, never are we following a script. So not excellent in that way, I guess, but excellent in the way of the man. I wouldn't I wouldn't even think twice about bringing somebody with me for yeah. fear of for fear of some nonsense going on. And I'm not talking about like the spirit movie or anything, but like just right. like shoddy. <laughs> Not representing the kingdom well. That kind of excellence. Let me check on the coffee. Um, I was not, I was actually looking for a, a voicemail that I got that I thought was relevant to this. So I got the, an email from a. Speaking of just excellence, and here, here's uh, you, you just described the chaos that kind of that frequency current. That's a pretty descriptive. You know, sometimes it's real humdrum, but there are a lot of times where that's the way things go. You just, there's no really, oh yeah, you know, it'll be this way again this Sunday. And so I got a call from a missionary who came to visit, which is not one of the missionaries we support, um, but they visited with us a while back and probably been a few years ago. It might have even been in the old building, I'm not sure. But at the end of her phone call, she left me a voicemail. Whoops, now I'll let the cat out of the bag. It is a female. Uh oh. At the end of the voicemail, she said, uh, I'd like to hear how things are going at Current Church. Uh, last time I visited Current Church was, honestly, I can say was my most favorite service that I went to when I was itinerating. I just love to hear how you guys are doing. So if you can give me a call back. And I only say that to say, she said it was her favorite service of all the time she's itinerating to go on the mission field. And... um Every missionary we have tells me the same thing. Most so either they the t- either they say that, either they're telling every church that, which is a possibility, <laughs> definitely. But I like to think that it's not. Um, certainly, you wouldn't call somebody and say, "Oh, by the way, that was a favor of service." Or, you know, I we have missionaries. Um, I won't say who they are or where they are. Actually, they're in a um, what do you call it? A protected country where we wouldn't want yeah. to say where they are anyway. But. They've told me on more than one occasion, if we were back in Indiana, we would want to worship at your church. And that just blows my mind. I'm like, yeah, but there's like 40 of us. Why why would you want to come hang out with us? Well, it's because I think it's the family. I think it's the genuineness. I think that the fact that it's not super predictable. um, But sometimes it is. But, you know, even the kids, I thought Sunday were awesome. Having the kids in the service, and yet they really did until the very, very end, they started to get where they were kind of crazy. But man, we were in the we were there for three hours. That's a long time. We haven't had a three hour gathering at the at current for a minute. That used to be kind of more of a common thing, but yeah. it's been a minute since we've had a three hour guy, and for good reason. It's tough, but nobody complained. And one of the couples that has super young kids is the couple that took Paul and I out for dinner oh, wow. afterwards. So, <laughs> you know. Cheers to them. They just drug the kids out and like, just going to, whatever is what it is. Love it. They're, they were preschool age, so I, that probably helps, I guess, a little bit. But, you know, when people say that it's hard for them and their kids, I'm like, I did it. I mean, Tabor was seven, second grade. He was a year older than Leilani is right now when we started the church. And, um, yeah, you know what? He went to school on Mondays tired. Sometimes we'd even take him in a couple hours late. Because we were at church till 9.30, you know, and, and we're never at church till 9.30 anymore. Eight's pretty late usually. Yeah. So We haven't seen nine for a long time. You know. Yeah. 
I uh, <clears throat> I grew up in a church with no children's church, and there were five of us, and we sat in the second row and liked it. You know, it's like you guys. Yeah. You don't sit in the front row. Second row. Yep, we sat and, in the uh, second row. Right. That's because the ladies used to wear exactly. skirts, and you wouldn't want to sit in the front row and be, you know, a problem for the minister with your ankles showing <laughs> or whatever it was. But I, I can corroborate. If they tell you, they also say it from the mic. People yeah, who come right? through almost, almost to a person. Uh-huh. Um, yep. Or many times it's the wife or the, if it's a couple, when the wife speaks, she often yeah. has something to say along those lines. And I, I'm naive, but I, I buy it. I and I who <laughs> I'll, that I'll family keep my that, naivete um, <laughs> in this regard. That family that was with us for like maybe a month, um, Megan and um, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. I want to say Owen, but it wasn't Owen. It was um, Oliver, Oscar, Oscar and Megan, Oscar and Megan, Tidiaga. They had some like they were called away, but they had some yearnings that yeah. I know they felt at home there. Yeah. And I remember, and, and, and we are a small church of missionaries who are constantly being sent somewhere or called to something. And I remember maybe about a year ago, Tiffany, during like a sharing time in one of the gatherings, I'm going to mess this up, but the, the crux of it was that God was showing her that maybe Current was an oasis a, mm-hmm. a place for not just revival, but rejuvenation in people's lives. Yeah. Um, which nobody wants to just be a, a stopgap or a stepping right. stone to something, you know. And I believe some of us are, are there for the long term, and maybe some aren't. Mm-hmm. You even said something like that on Sunday, I think, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, that hurts. It hurts yeah. to plant and to yeah. lose. and But I can totally buy that, where it is it is maybe like an oasis in a desert of... yeah. Again, not knocking any other yeah. way, any other bodies or pastors or anything like that, how they do it. But uh, I can totally buy that that's kind of God's. It's 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 a weird place to be, I'm sure, as a leader, because it's tough to know who to count on right. and know, know how to plan. Yeah. Well, I think as a when it comes to ministry, you have to, you just have to count on whoever's there. I mean, you have to count on the people you know that are with you without thinking, you know, next year they might be gone. Yeah. You just have to... You know, I don't really try to lean into anybody until they've been around for six months or so because we do have a lot of people that, well, we have had over the course of our years, people show up and they're like, man, this is where we want to be. This is what I've been looking for. You know, they don't even make it a month and they're gone because they start to realize that, you know, we're never going to back down from, you know, from truth. We're, you know, we're always prophetic things are going to happen. Um, we don't make excuses when worship gets long, things like that. You know, it's just because we're just worshiping. It just is we're we're happy to do it. It's it's family, you know. If you're if you're over at mom's for a meal and she doesn't make your favorite, you don't leave. You just eat it and you know, hope it'll be better next time around, you know, you chase it down with a decent cup of coffee or whatever. And that never happens at my mom's house, but I'm just saying. Um, Folgers in your cup. Yeah, it's not as bad as you maybe had let it on to be. Cheers. Yeah. Thank you. I would say, Jeremy, that is not to start talking about sabbatical things, but maybe I I won't at all. But um, one of the things that I definitely feel is when you, as a minister, I I used to think I wouldn't feel this, but you feel when people come and go, you feel that. Mm -hmm. And um, it's 
No, even though most of the time it's probably not something personal, it always feels a little bit personal. Sure. Um, I don't know what I could, you know, what type of analogy I could use where somebody else could understand what I'm saying. But, um, uh, I mean, my wife has that with clientele that leave her and, you know, maybe they moved, but you still feel like, oh, you know, because we have clientele that, that live a long ways away that still come to Paula because they're like, well, you're the best, you know, but things change and people move. You still kind of feel it a little bit, but it's different because with, with church life, you're making spiritual investments in people. A lot of times it's just on Sunday, but there are other times that you're making investments in people that you don't even know because there are people always looking to you as the lead. Um, I forget that a lot because I'm a, I'm a friend. I mean, I try to be, I tried to be a, a guy. So when I'm like this time hanging out with you over this fantastic meal and this delicious Folgers crystals in my cup, I mean, you know, if this was brim, we'd take it to the rim. But it's more where that came from. Uh, just say the word. You know, when I'm with with you, I just think we're just kind of hanging out and talking like I would with anybody else. But I don't know that you might be thinking, man, I'm spending some time with the front man and I'm probably going to pick up something here. Maybe you're not. You probably aren't. We've been friends a long time. But I think I forget that, that people are going, oh, man, like I'm sitting down with the pastor right now. Yeah, that's uh, part of the equation. Yeah, yeah and I for, I totally space that because I'm not thinking that way. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, when I've had people say, oh, man, you were, what you said just was like, you read my mail. And I'm like, I thought we were just hanging out. Like, I, I'm not thinking that way. And mm-hmm. sometimes the Lord is using me when I don't know. But you do, you, you invest and you get... It feels like you get trumped. I think the devil, the enemy, El Diablo, I don't want to mess around. Like, I know who the enemy is. And he loves to use those insecurities to double down on us and make us feel like we're less than or like it's our fault. And um, it's easy to think that. It's easy to think, man, I've been at this church 13 years. There's things I thought would have happened by now that haven't. There's things I thought would never happen that have happened. Mm-hmm. Um. I, one thing I have going for me is I am a master at, for, I don't say forgetting, forgetting, but I do not dwell yeah. on hard things. I tend to, when I, so when I think about, think back about even people that, even forget church, but just people in my life that have left for some negative reason, maybe something I did, I rubbed them the wrong way, and I'm just, we're just not close anymore. I don't think back and think, spend all my time dwelling about how I screwed that up. I mean, I, you do for a while, and hopefully you get some understanding and learn and grow from it. But then when I think back, I just think, that's some great times with that dude, you know? That was a good time. That was a good season of my life. I don't think about the last, if I had a five-month stint with a dude or, you know, with a family, I don't think. And then the last maybe three or four months, things kind of went awry. I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm gonna, I will for a minute because maybe I messed something up and I need to learn from it. But... Eventually, I'm just going to think back to the good things. We had good times together. We maybe we did a vacation together, or we had some, you know, we did weekend things or whatever, and it was it was a blast. And so, um, maybe we grew together spiritually, and or just over time we grew apart. Sometimes you outgrow people. Sometimes people don't want to come along with you, and you lose them. Um, yeah. Or maybe sometimes you're dragging your feet so bad that people can't stick around. And they got to go somewhere else. They can forge on ahead. And I'm not foolish enough to think that. Both of those could fit into my life, you know, for sure. So, yeah, that's cool. You want to play that word game again? Uh, let's play a little true or false. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Let me tell you a true or false story. <laughs> okay. 
when I was in Bible college. <laughs> yeah, this is a fast story. We had one professor. His name was C. Harris, Charles Harris. Everybody called him C. Harris because he had a huge bell curve that he graded on. And you literally, it was like one A, two Bs, a gazillion Cs, two Ds, and an F. That's what he, I mean, no matter what. And every test was true or false. And the first question, true or false, I read the, I did the required reading, and of course, I always answered false. So there's no, you know, like, I just, I knew right away. For one, you know you're going to get a C, so I'll just go ahead and tell the truth on this one. You know, true or false? Uh, no, I did not do all the required reading. I like it. <laughs> so you were saying true or false? Uh, true or false? Tabor Fiesel was the one who first caused you to th- seriously, seriously <laughs> consider. Think about the sabbatical. Yeah, I had never really had that in my mind. Um, it's kind of come and go, kind of comes in waves. I get a little spurt where I'm like, okay, I'm going to make it. You know, I'm cool. I'm good. And then I come back into, you know, man, what am I doing? And I, um, and I just felt like, I don't know. I was thinking about maybe, hey, just not being the the front man anymore. Maybe just like, I don't want to leave the church because I love my church so much. Like, I would just love the people and every, every, all the other churches suck compared to current church. <laughs> In my perspective, for me, you know, I, I know that I'm where I'm supposed to be. And um, so I had mentioned to the elders that I just, and I didn't know what to say. I still don't know what to say. I just feel like something has to change. Like I can't keep going like what we're going. Like something has to give. I didn't have the answer. The Lord wasn't giving me an answer. And they weren't giving me an answer. And I just didn't know what to do. My wife was like, you got to get, you know, we got to get help. We got to figure out what's going on. Because she could just feel it. There's just, there's just a burden there. And for some reason, I decided to tell that to Tabor. Like normally I would not tell him something. Because I, I would, he, He's such a good guy, man, and he worries. He'll worry about me. Yeah. Um, so I told him. I'm not sure why. Probably because the Lord wanted him to tell me something. And and no kidding, in that moment, his direct response was, "Dad, I think you should go on a sabbatical because I think when you come back, you'll feel basically, in my words, you'll be in love with the church again, in love with the ministry that God has for you there." Um, he put it in very cool dude terms. He's like, "You know, you'll come back and be like, whoa, this is where I'm supposed to be.'" And immediately, I mean, when I hung up the phone with him, I immediately texted the elders yeah. and quoted Tabor. I said, I don't know, man. You guys know I've never talked about sabbatical. They can cost money. We don't really have any money. They take time. But I felt this in my gut when Tabor said this to me. And so that's what got the ball rolling. And then I mentioned it to, um, this is already in the top of the year. And I mentioned it to Daniel and Alicia and they began to pray with me about it, and right away they were like, I mean, maybe even the same day, they're like, this is a good idea. You should do this. Um, we should figure out how to make this happen. And so um, we got together with them and the elders together, and we were talking about a lot of things, but we, we also knew that was kind of stirring, and I didn't think anything was going to happen. And then eventually the elders, I, I was like, man, they're going to they're gonna leave me hanging on this, but they didn't. Yeah. The, John called me and said, you know, we're thinking about this, sabbatical thing and we want you to want it he said but i'm just about to the point where i would just almost make you take it you know we feel like you need to to do it so then i knew it was gonna, something that was going to be real and just that gave me some lift which i think led to sunday to be honest i think i think they're um, not that i haven't preached but you know i just felt like some lift and yeah i felt like what god was doing in me he could do for others i know that's true um 
the word is always good, but you never want to preach on empty. You know what I'm saying? The word I can you can always preach the word. There's always something there that you can bring, and it'll be good because the Lord will anoint it because He's for His church. Um, so even when you feel like James, there's plenty of times you don't feel like preaching, but you just you do it. You've studied. You have a word, and it can be really good. And even if it's not even if it's not good or it's not anointed, it's still the word, and the Lord will not let His word return void. You know that's right. I'll put a little scripture quote on there for you. I receive. So it. you know it's right, and um, that. Uh, so I've I've done that, I've done that sometimes and walked away and thought, how in the world did that happen? Like how did something that good come out of the emptiness that I have in my spirit right now? Mm-hmm. I'm just literally blown away, and um, honestly, that's the last uh, a few sermons. I mean, there's been times over the last six months where I I felt like I was absolutely nothing, and would come in. And I would just pull a scripture that I had read that week from my Bible reading. I've been real good about just staying on in the Word and just seeking the Lord, even though sometimes I don't feel like He's telling me much. And um, step to the platform and read a scripture, and then the Lord just He just gives me something yeah. on the fly, which is good for me. He does things like that to remind me that it's not about me, it's about Him, and that He's more concerned about the body even than I am. And he he wants us to have something good, but and he's equipped you with a basic skill of gab. As you can tell, as I go on and on, oh, bass drop, bro, check that clock. Just so you know, folks, it's eight oh eight p.m., which means we must bring a bass drop in. Remember, I get a bass drop. Some effect yeah, on put that, a little bass drop yeah. on right there at the eight oh eight. Nice sweet. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. That man, there is a serious dark ring in that bottom of that cup. You ready for more? I know it's not even to the bottom. I mean, there's like <laughs> ring. maybe it was there before yeah, we this, started. These are washed cups, but they're not. Yeah, clean they're not clean. Cups. They're washed. <laughs> these are biblical. You are good at washing the outside, but the end, you're like whitewashed tombs over here. Dude. Hey now. <laughs> so that's cool. Uh, true or false? Oh yeah, true or false. Two months is enough. Um, I don't, I, I think so. I've talked to, um, some pastor friends in town that have taken sabbaticals. Most of them told me that it took close to the first month just to unwind, to get the, out from underneath the, the, the tension and stress. And then once that happens, then you can start to build in and the Lord can start to kind of do a rebuilding, which is what I'm really praying for. Um, I don't know. I hope that it is. I hope it's perfect. I, I, we're timed out to, to come back Easter Sunday, mm-hmm. which would be great. Um, you know, we always do Easter up big at current. <laughs> <laughs> I'm singing a special this year. You know what I thought of doing last year? This is not part of the true and false question, but last year I was thinking, man, we could do a sunrise service. Like, I don't know anybody that does those. And But like me, I'd do a sunrise service, and then that'd be it. I'd be off on the motorcycle the rest of the day. Let's do a sunrise service. Everybody come out at 545, and we'll stand outside and freeze to death and sing a song to the Lord and tell him how awesome he is and celebrate resurrection, and we'll just go home. <laughs> if it's like last year, it will literally snow that night. Yeah. Which it did on my way home from church oh, last year. Oh, my goodness, year. yeah. Well, it's later this year, oh, April 21st. So we've got a later, got a later um, deal. So... Um, I don't know if it'll be enough, but the, the elders have told me that if I need more, that we'll find a way to make that happen. Excellent. So I'm not locked into two months. Good. And you have to have time to work on writing your book. 
Yeah, so, I know. Well, this could be it. Maybe I could get unwound enough. I finally have something to write down. Well, as we look ahead, I like your idea of maybe not monthly dinner with the front man. Because that's always been annual. Yeah. But Folgers with the front man. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> It'd make for a short <laughs> session, let me tell you. We could speed things up with Folgers. But you made it so strong, I'm going to be awake till like 4 in the morning now. I had to get the knife out just to cut through that last little bit of coffee. It's how strong it was. I might have to leave here and get some Starbucks just to neutralize it. It's a rookie mistake. Amateurs, I tell you. Yeah. I, uh, but I, I know you have thoughts, and we have an outlet. We have a SoundCloud account now. Yeah. So, hey, who knows? But I'm going to keep bringing other people in. Yeah. And, uh, and I know that you know, man, our, our family is so well-equipped. Yep. I just had the, as soon as Craig said the words, I felt like this peace. Like we are, we are ready for this. Yeah. This feels so right. Yeah. And, uh, that speaks to the maturity in our body. It speaks to your leadership style. It speaks to just the way that God has moved. Yeah. I mean, look everywhere you look, preachers and pastors and former pastors and evangelists and missionaries. Yeah. I mean, everywhere you look. And so yeah. I'm excited about the next two months. I'm excited yeah. about April on as well, but, uh, I am too. I'm yeah. actually super excited. Not even for me. I'm excited for current. I yeah. agree. I think it's going to be great. I'll be honest. Some of the, some of the weight, some of what I feel is a weight are some of the mundane things of, of church life that, that really are not in my wheelhouse and they, but I've done them and it's, I think it just has kind of caught up with me and some of it's my fault because I did, I have not delegated as I should have in the early years, in the early, as soon as I was capable or had the, someone with even a remote ability, I should have released them to do some of the things that I, and I never did, mm-hmm. or I did a poor job of attempting it. And so my hope, the elders know what some of those things are. My hope is that over the next couple of months, with the help of Daniel and Alicia, that we'll be able to pinpoint some key people that can carry those things. And this sounds, um, to me, when I say what I'm about to say, I feel like sometimes it sounds uh, haughty or maybe audacious. But when the disciples, um, you know, in I think it's Acts 7, or they're or maybe it's six, and they're they're saying uh, the hedonistic Jews are complaining about their elders and widows not being, yeah. um, their widows and orphans not being fed um, with the meals, and they said, well, let's let's pick some deacons, let's get some people that are full of the Holy Spirit. Well, at current, there's no shortage of people full of the Holy Spirit that hear from the Lord, and we've never focused on deacon type things but mm-hmm. there are there are some deacon type things that just they don't get done and if they do a lot of honestly a lot of time it's me doing it and or for a while it was but i pretty much just quit and that's part of why i feel bad too i'm like man i just quit doing that instead of trying to find somebody to carry it i just quit and there's some things you can't quit you, ha- you know you have to always pay the bills i've never let anybody you know nobody else is doing our bookkeeping or accounting i'm still doing the heavy the heavy lifting on that which is not even hard but it's just i hate it but I, I've been doing it, doing something I hate for 13 years. Mm. So we have somebody actually that's, that's already said they'll pick up the ball and do that, which is awesome. But what that scripture goes on to say, let's get somebody, let's equip them, let's pray over them so that we can be about the ministry yeah. of prayer and the word. 
That sound, to me, that sounds a little less than humble to say, I want to be able to do, I want to spend time doing the prayer and the word because that's part, part you know, and prayer, the word is, prayer and word is not, I want to be able to do the counseling. I want to be able to do the, I mean, the one-on-one. That's where I, that's my wheelhouse. That's where I excel. And you can't do that all the time when you're all in your head. All you can think is, man, do you know how many things are broken down in our building that need to be fixed? <laughs> well, I don't know. Have you heard Daniel Stevens' sermon that he's got in his repertoire? I don't know that I have. Stephen's freaking Stephen, awesome. You know, full of the Holy Spirit. Stephen was stoned. Yeah. I mean, and, and the, as, it, as it reads, immediately after he got or, you know, sent out to do what he was doing. Yeah. Daniel calls him a lunch lady in, in that sermon. He, yeah. You know, but so full of the Holy Spirit, so effective in the kingdom that they had to get rid of him. Yeah. Who's this Stephen guy? We can't, yeah. you know, we got to put a stop to this. Uh, if you notice, okay. it says that's, he's the deacon. He was the, the first one that's mentioned. And it says, uh, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit and power, and then it goes on to me. You know, these, I don't know. We've got this on our head that well, if I set somebody up to do some what looks like a menial, right. meaning a meaningless task or menial task, I just read that um, that story about Stephen um, last week, and there was something that stood out. I'm on. This will be my last bomb drop. I should have dropped it at 808. This to me, this is, was a bomb. I'll probably preach this. I might preach it this Sunday, but I doubt it. Um, you know, Stephen preaches to the crowd. He goes through, he starts with Abraham, walks him through Moses, walks him through the whole thing. And then when he gets to Jesus, that's when they get hot because he says Jesus is God. He's the king and he's resurrected and you knuckleheads chucked him out. And that gets them all hot and furious. But um, holy cow, you got to go clear to the very end of chapter 7. It's long. Um if you want to know the whole Bible in short, just read Acts chapter 7. It's oh. like all the Old Testament up to Jesus. I mean, yeah. It's just the quick rendition of, yeah. like, like the, it's like a major highlight reel. Um, and then when he gets stoned, tell me if you, if you hear anything familiar. Uh, in, it's verse 54, it's long. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. Am I all right to quote the Bible? On? <laughs> what but, version? As long as it's I'm not going to I'm not going to say and then nobody will know. Uh, just assume that it's one of the free and clear ones. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Um, here's what I really wanted to get to: the last two verses. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, "Lord Jesus, receive my spirit." Who have you heard say that? Yeah, I've heard it before. Yeah, Jesus. He repeated the same thing Jesus said, into my hands I commend my spirit, into your hands. Stephen said, and then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Oof. Who have you heard say that? Heard the king, that. right? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He actually quoted, I mean, as he's being stoned, he said the same things that his Savior did when he was being crucified. I don't know. I never, I never noticed that before, but that's powerful, man. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much deacon he got to do. But he got stoned, and he got to he got to he. Those people had to know they. Those people were at the crucifixion too. A lot of them had to be. So those were the same people that crucified Jesus, and they heard Jesus say, "In your hands I commend my spirit." They heard him say, "Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do." And here's Stephen, tells them all about Jesus. He is the Christ. They're stoning him, and he says, "He says, Father, don't hold this sin against them." You know, he says, "I'm I'm coming to you, Jesus." 
Daniel says in his sermon, um, it's one, either the only or one of the only instances of Jesus standing. I see Jesus sta- standing, at the, standing. standing at the right head of Yeah, I have heard him preset because yeah. I remember that. So, so with, good. with Daniel's theatrics, it gets yeah. pretty powerful. But it's good because yeah. you, know, you get the impression that Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father, but his, as one of his own, mm-hmm. you get this impression that he stands and as almost to look down to... Yeah. Yeah, pretty powerful. Um, so that's my, that's, here's my 10 cents, the two cents for free. Get a little M&M quote in there for you before we head out. Hey, do I need to drop any POD lines before we go? Didn't we earlier? Yeah, I don't probably. We talked about them. Two hours is breathing down our necks here. Yeah, well, um, I'm, I'm sorry because that makes your editing hard. I'm I don't want to apologize. Well, I think we're looking at two episodes, which is fine. But you could throw wanna... You could throw half of it away. Just make it one. <laughs> we'll throw the John Foreman talk away, but I don't know what you have planned for this Sunday. But this is the traditional dinner with the front man right. that we always do. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you head into a, a couple months where we won't see you, how should we pray for you and Paula and Tabor? I know you're speaking on Sunday, so I don't want to steal any of that thunder. But what would be your message as you head into the sabbatical? Yeah. Well, I think for prayer, we really want the Lord. I heard one of the elders say a few weeks ago, we were talking, and they said the word reset. I like that. But I think it, I'd like to, I really need some clarity from the Lord. Um, a good reset would be good. That's a good word to use. Um, maybe some courage. Because I feel like change is coming. I feel like there's a shift in how and what current church might even look like. And I don't, but I have no preconceived notions. Like I don't have any definitions of what that will look like. But I feel like something could change. I honestly think that some of it is going to be the foundation will be laid while I'm gone, not in me as much as in the elders and and in the church. Um, I say the elders; they're you know they're helping to lead, but I think that the church may discover that church could look way different than it does already, and it could be good, and it could give lift. Um, but we want we want rest. Um, the Lord put that word in my head at the very top of the year. It's been prophesied over me a few times, uh, beginning last summer, um, that I that the Lord was going to. I had a word spoken over me that God was what God was going to do. He was going to do, and He He just all I had to do was rest, mm. um, which really resonated with me. It's weird because sometimes I don't feel like I'm real busy in the land of current church work-wise. Sometimes that's one of my problems. I feel like there's not enough going, so I get bored. And so to think of resting is an interesting word, but I, I need to, to rest. I need to slow down. And I don't think that means like not going, 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 but my mind needs and my spirit needs to rest. My physical body, you know, I could probably use the workout. But my mind and my body, or my mind and my spirit, need to rest and and slow down and have a true sabbatical. And so, we're anticipating that. And I would really appreciate prayers for that. And then, I, I think maybe if if we could pray together that when we come back together, that we're unified, that there's a spirit of unity. That maybe the Lord will give us give me some divine direction, but the church will have already been prepared for that, and it'll just be like, oh yeah, we knew it was going to go that way because the Lord had already revealed it. Maybe we didn't know it until somebody put it into words, but then the words came. I've had that happen before, where 
somebody said something, and I'm like, I've been thinking that for the longest time, and I didn't have the words for it. Mm. And um, in fact, a lot of, I've said this guy's name before, but Dwight Smith, I've sat in with him, and he, I heard him speak. Um, I went to a chance meeting with this dude, and he spoke for like three or four hours. And everything he said was everything that I felt that I had never said out loud, like I didn't know how to say it. And he literally verbalized everything that God had been speaking to me, and I didn't even know it. Well, then it just so happened to be that he started coming back on a monthly basis for over the next year, and we got to really dig into all that. And that changed my life. But I would love for something like that to happen where when I come back, maybe the Lord will have done something in me and I can share it. And everybody just goes, wow, that's that's where we want to be. And the Lord does that all the time because he's for us. So I'd love to pray like that. It would be good. Um, it's good. And that that would be good for for Paula that God would... Man, God just gave me such a good gift with Petey. I can't, you guys don't even know. Um, well, you probably do know. But... She's super supportive, and even when I was in my feeling real crappy, like I could just quit, and I'm like, babe, I don't, you know, I don't want to quit. You know, I was, you guys, everybody hears me say, don't quit. Well, I would never quit Jesus, but there's activities that we do that I don't have to be doing. You know, if I, I can quit and never do another word of pulpit ministry the rest of my life, and that would be okay. Um, if the Lord would want me to, there's the problem. There's a rub. But I was like, you know, I could just walk away and and I'm like, but I know that like these are all of our friends are here. We love these people and I wouldn't want to do that to you. And she says, you know, I wouldn't want to either, but I'm with you. If that's what we have to do, we'll do it and we'll figure it out together. And that's been our life, you know, that she's super supportive and she wants me healthy and senses that I'm not as healthy as I could be. And um, so just thank God for her. And help her to maybe be patient with me. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Tabor, I don't know what to pray for the kid. I don't know what's <laughs> going on in his life, but he's doing so good. I just feel like um, uh, there's still some things uh, going on in his life. There's some residual from some stuff from last year that has to come to completion this sure. year. And so we'd love to see that um, come and go smoothly. We're, we're coming up on the, the end game on that and that would really bring a lot of lift to my whole family. My family feels, and I do, I think that's part of the thing I need rest from because I'm not bitter about it, but it just was so, it hurt so bad. It was so heavy that we just had to deal with that. We felt so helpless. Um, but Jesus, you know, and so he's been helping. And, um, so I, I want Tabor to see everything that God has for him. You know, same thing that every parent wants for their kid. And, um, He's one of those things, like he talks about maybe going into ministry, which he never talked about before. He talks about moving to Fort Wayne and staying up there because he likes it so much. And it's the same feeling I get with him as the same feeling I get with all my people. Like, I want him to go do what God wants him to do, but I really would say just stay, you yeah. know. I told Tabor, go ahead and go be a youth pastor up in Fort Wayne for the next 10 years because we're going to need a youth pastor in about 10 years yeah. when this influx, this baby boom Amen. starts. That yeah. we've had, yeah, which was about twelve, thirteen. Yeah, so. true story. Yeah, and it would be, a, I would just be a crazy miracle if, if uh, that'd be crazy. I can't even imagine. I don't know what the next ten years hold because right. I never. I mean, part of me thinks I can't believe I've been here as long as I have. I've never done anything in my life. I gotta let you go, bro. It's been right at two hours. I, I've never done anything uh, ten years as long as I've really done anything. Uh, I always feel like 
you know, you come to an end. That's why I'm really praying. I've gone 13. I feel like I pushed the limit and I need a reboot. And if, if not, I'll just be looking for something new. And at 50, I don't really want to do something new. Like sure. I want I like what I'm doing, yeah. uh, but I want to love it. Yeah. And I, I, it's Lord knows it's not the people. You can hear me praying for people on Sunday. You know, I'm passionate for the people. Well, so. yeah, I mean, you talk about rediscovering the love for the family. The the guy I saw Sunday night is not a guy who, who lacks love no, for the no, family. Not at all. Um, I love the family. Yeah. I just I, I just loathe some of the hands-on things. Sure. And, and I don't even know if that's it. It's just one of the few things I can pinpoint. Yeah. So I need the Lord to bring revelation and yeah. help me. Well, on behalf of the family, I mean, 2018, I know, was a weird year. And you weren't very vocal from the mic about the month or months that you didn't draw a oh, paycheck no. and were, yeah. were doing manual labor. I know you're still mm-hmm. doing that. And so that's probably not how anybody drew it up. And that's not, yeah. that doesn't sit well with me. It didn't sit well with anybody that I talked to that we would need to come to that. But I know that you and Paula were very sacrificial in 2018 to keep the train on the tracks. And so thank you for that. Godspeed over the next two months. We'll be praying for you every day. Yeah. But like I said, I'm excited, you know, yeah. no sadness here. I don't know if this will yeah. even make it to market before I before I uh, before I even get back. But um, and then maybe the elders will approach us. I would not want to say it, but you know we're okay financially. But we're also going to try to bring on Daniel and Alicia for the next two months to help, mm-hmm. which is an extra expense, and um, it'll be it'll be tough. Our budget is it'll be tough to keep me on full time. And be able to bring them on for the next two months. It's just a, it's an added expense, and we want to bless. They're our family. We want to bless them, and um, so consequently, the first half of the sabbatical, I'm actually going to work and, work and try to work a lot, so that um, there's some extra money, so that in the second half we can go do some stuff. I, I've been working. I like it. I, I'm, I mean, it's not super super hard work, but I get to think, and I'm not thinking about church stuff. I'm just thinking about. When I leave here today, I want this project to look better than it did when I got here, and um, I accomplish stuff. I do something with my hands, and that's really good for me. And um, so, but that'll help us. And I've got a little bit because I've been continuing to work, and I am back to taking a salary from the church. I've been able to set a little bit of money back, but I need to set back a pretty decent chunk because we're, we're looking at buying a couple plane tickets and um, to get out of here, and you know that just costs money. And so I don't know that. that the elders may say, hey, if, if the Lord puts on your heart to try to to give over and above, maybe they will, maybe they won't, but it would help. I mean, I know what the church budget looks like, and we came up to a pretty decent number when I stepped away, and we it came up to a pretty good number, and that number is about the half, mm. and it's um, just because there's, just, there's still a little more going out than what's coming in probably. Mm. And um, so we... That's part of why we need, you know, to look, get an accountant, a bookkeeper, somebody who will actually really watch the numbers really, really close and start paying attention to where, where we can cut corners and things like that. Well, and, Craig is overpaid on the soundboard. <laughs> he is. He's way overpaid. That sucker. Every time I talk to him about I'm like, you've got to relinquish some of this responsibility. I'm like, we don't need elders back here running the sound. He's like, and he always, he never says, I agree. He always says, yeah, but I've kind of got it down to a science. It's not really yeah. hard for me. I'm like, Dad, I don't care about the science. Teach somebody else the science, bro. Like, I'm going to leave and not even preach for the next two months. You can get somebody else to run sound. On the weeks or, that he's off, he still gets there early to, I know. to do Or it. the least you could do is let somebody else run the lyrics. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's, 
anybody who has computer experience, which is, let's see, everyone. I mean, Leilani could probably run the lyrics. She can just about read good enough. She could probably do lyrics back there. So, anyway, uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on for dinner, dinner with the front man, good stuff. And um, it's going to be a good couple of months, probably better for the family than it will be for <laughs> me. They'll probably get a lot of lift. Yeah, so. I'll call the valet, bring the car around. Um, Thank you. Yeah, if you don't hear from us, it's not because we don't love you. I hope you don't. Like my boss always tells me when I go on vacation, uh, I hope and pray that we don't have to bother you. Uh, but what's a good phone number for where you'll be? Right. And will you have internet connection? But I'm yeah. trying to think of what kind of uh, catastrophe could happen on a Sunday night during the gathering where we were like, let's get to call Gene. Yeah. Like, uh, Somebody's going to yeah. have, somebody will probably have to die before I'll get, and it'll, heaven yeah. forbid we don't want anybody to die. We've got nobody of death age right now, so that shouldn't happen. That's a blessing. Uh, that's a blessing. Yeah, we'll probably turn off. There'll be a couple people that can get a hold of us, but I'm even. I've. I don't think I need to, but I had considered maybe getting a, you know, maybe getting a different phone number. Yeah. Or, or I might just. I might just get it where I can send all my regular ones that come in. They all go to voicemail and just yeah. give the reg a different number to like get pull up a Google number or something. I'm not really worried about it. Be good. I got good. a few things to get in order this week, and then I'm done. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, baby. Resurrection Sunday. You know, oh, that's we'll right. play some Resurrection Band on that day. That's what I'm talking about. Dallas home. <laughs> Benny Hester. <laughs> Love you, brother. You too, my friend. See ya. listening to Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. For more information, visit currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Current Church is located in Franklin, Indiana and meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear. Theme music written and performed by Still the Hand, imaging by Jessica Albertson. Please join us next time for more conversations on Big C, Little C.